This is Dalio's Principles, a philosophical examination. The unofficial podcast companion for Ray Dalio's book, Principles. This podcast will deeply explore the book and principles. The podcast is hosted by Micah Bays and John Sextro. Micah has a PhD in philosophy and has taught numerous college philosophy courses, including The Meaning of Life, Ethics, and Reason and Argument. John shares his perspective from years of experience trying to live out Ray's principles in his life and work. And you can follow us on Twitter. Micah is at Micah Bays, all one word. And I am at John Sextro, all one word. And now, this week's episode. I'm Micah Bays. I'm John Sextro. We're back here with Dalio's Principles, a philosophical examination. And we're moving on to section two or principle two. It's the top level. It's the high, high level principle that says, use the five-step process to get what you want out of life. And uh, along with this, then, Micah Ray goes into an explanation of what the five-step process is. And uh, essentially, it's have goals, run into problems, diagnose what went wrong, design a new approach, and then do it. But as you and I were talking a little bit before we, we started recording, you were mentioning that there's maybe some gaps in that or that you're not sure that it's always should be that linear sequence. Right. Yeah. You know, it seems to me, and you know, this is where I'm certainly not an expert in um, the five-step process. I'm you know, not uh, someone who's used the five-step process. Um, and so just thinking about this um, from you know, a newbie's perspective, and so hopefully some listeners can kind of, you know, who are also new to it, um, can kind of benefit from just my questioning and lack of understanding at this point. Um, but you know, he talks about, you know, have clear goals and he, he talks about the five step processes. Yeah. Linear is a linear process and as though you don't ever skip steps. And, you know, he says, you know, you always do them in order. And so it just seems to me, especially maybe when you're first laying out goals, um, I'm not sure that the process can really work or works well, you know, to where you would do all five. Um, because you know, as we talked about, yeah, you might come up with a goal, and you know, here Ray says, don't worry about whether it's achievable or not. Um, you know, just figure out what your goals are. You know, or at least he says, don't figure out when you're setting your goals. Don't think about how you're going to achieve them. And so then that seems to imply, well, you don't think about whether you can achieve them or not. And so you know, my question is just, you know, when you set a goal, well. Once you go to then figure out how you're going to attain that goal, you know what are the steps to getting there? It seems like it's possible at least that you could realize, oh, that's just not attainable, right? At this point, or maybe ever. Um, now, if it's not attainable at this point, then you might say, okay, I want some kind of intermediate goal, and say, well, if I'm going to get A, I first have to do B. So, all right, I'm going to set my goal as B, and then I'm going to figure out how to do that. So I, I guess my concern is, you know, when you're first coming up with your goals, um, the idea of problems and diagnose, I'm not sure how applicable those are the first time around. Um, it seems like once you have your goals, then you would want to go straight to design and say, okay, 
how am I going to make this happen? What's my design? What's my process for that? And then you would try and do it. And then as a result of attempting your design, then you can, you're probably going to run into some problems. You're probably not going to do it perfectly the first time around. Your design isn't going to be perfect or your implementation of the design isn't going to be perfect. And so then you'll want to think about the problems. And then that's where you would go into diagnosis and then, you know, do another design step given what you learned in the diagnosis about what caused the problems. Um, so anyways, yeah, it's just a question for me. Is it really a one, two, three, four, five every time through, or might there be some exceptions? I think there's some practicality that we can bring to this and, uh, and, and even some real life experience that I can help bring to this to shed some light on this. So there's, um, in addition to that, uh, and I'm going to reference a, a short video that, uh, Dalio released, he actually released like a series of videos. I think maybe it's eight or so and all together, they're like 30 minutes worth of videos. Uh, but the, the third video, I think the third video in the series, it's about three minutes long. Um, and it talks about the five step process. And there's this, there's this, uh, animation of, of this little adventurer guy traveling around and he's trying to climb this mountain. And if you, if you just think of that as a goal for a second, where I would say, I want to climb I want to climb up this mountain. I could just, I could just sort of willy nilly take off or I, you know, not think any further about it, get myself there and then just go and take off and, and start up the mountain. But I would have very little chance to do that. And there would be some things that I would want to at least sort of plan out um, before I left. Like do I have the right clothes, you know, how, how am I even going to, what's my trail or what's my route going to be that I'm going to take climbing up this mountain. Um, so there's at least that amount of planning that I think you do with any sort of a goal. So I've, I've set a goal. I haven't spent a whole lot of time considering at this point yet. Um, what could go wrong with it? I've just, I just need, I know I need to do a few basic things, not even basic. Maybe I need to do some things to get started with it. And those, I would say are different activities. And even though Dalio says, when you're thinking about your goals, don't think about how you're going to accomplish them. I agree with that from the perspective of being, uh, thinking at a, thinking high level and just like aspirationally, what is it that I want to accomplish? So once I choose a thing that I want to start to accomplish, I need to break it down just a little bit to get started. So I want to climb this mountain. I better have the right shoes and warm clothing and food and, and a basic trail that I'm going to take. And so I, I, I embark on my adventure up this mountain. So I've started that goal. I haven't done anything about um, diagnose. I haven't run into a problem necessarily yet. I have done a little bit design, I think. Uh, because I, I'm laying out some steps now, and I've determined that it's within my realm of possibility to accomplish. Now, if after the first day I realize that the trail I've taken sucks because it's too rocky or it's too wet or cold or something like that, then I may have to say, this is a problem because I can't continue to endure my adventure like this. So. I've got to step back and go, what am I going to do differently? I've run into this problem. What's wrong with the, the way I designed my route? 
or the way I've prepared myself for the adventure, redesign it, come up with a better design, a different design, hopefully, you know, hopefully a better design and then go and do it again. Um, and, and continue that cycle. But there was definitely, as you saw in there, Micah, that upfront part where, you know, I didn't really go through all of it, but now that I'm in the midst of it, that's where I can, that's where I can continue using that five step process over and over again to, to refine it. And I, I think part of this might be that we don't want to get ourselves, we don't want to limit ourselves and we don't want to get stuck in like analysis paralysis where you, you fail to act at all because you just sit there and consider all the what ifs and possibilities. I'm pretty good at that. Are you? Oh yeah. Analysis paralysis. Yeah. I'm fantastic at that. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Might, we might want to coach you out of that a little. Maybe you need to act more and allow yourself to run into problems. That is true. It's almost like uh, some of the, you know, not to geek out on software or anything, but some of the agile principles that we use sort of in our daily lives when we're, when we're doing software work, which is our day jobs, is that we try not to plan too much, right? We get a basic goal, we go for it, and we uh, inspect, adapt, improve over time. Right. Well, and I know, you know, it's actually... Something that Ray has talked about is, you know, be an imperfectionist. We'll get to that later, I think. But um, that's helped me think about, right, you can be so focused on analysis. You can be so focused on preparation, or sorry, you can be so focused on perfection um, that you are actually going to, you might say, get less return on your investment, less return on, and I don't mean that economically necessarily, um, but just, you know, the, the benefit you get for, you might say, the last 10% of perfecting your work isn't going to be a whole lot. And so if what you're trying to do is maximize the productivity, um, if you're wanting to maximize your productivity, it's helpful to be an imperfectionist, to not waste so much time on the nitty-gritty details. Um, and so yeah, that's something that has been kind of good for me to think about when I do find myself in analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Um, thinking about, well, wait, is this current mode I'm in really helping me to be as productive as I can? And um, when I see that the answer is no, that helps me move on. Um, I think that it this doesn't necessarily give you a license to just make, make dumb decisions or uh, emotional decisions or um, gut reactions. It doesn't give you a license to just always make these gut reactions. Right. Yeah. He's, things. Yeah. He's not saying just be reckless or, you know, don't think through your <laughs> decisions. Um, that's a good call out, John. Um, but it's more about, yeah, assessing how much value you're going to get out of the current work you're doing. I used to get, um, I used to be a real planner with everything and I would get really, really frustrated in my life if I had, if I had agreed with people, you know, we're going here, we're going to do this. We're going to all meet at 8 p.m. And then at 9.30, we're going to do this other thing. If it, if it didn't run like clockwork, that would just throw me over the edge a little bit. And I would be all, I'd, I would be so worried about just running the plan that I, would, I wouldn't even be having any fun. And once I just sort of gave myself over to, it, it doesn't have to go exactly how you planned it. Just go have, you know, go on the adventure, go have the fun. 
when you run into a problem, deal with that. Or when, you know, plans change, somebody doesn't show up. It's like, well, you know, they miss, they're missing out. It doesn't ruin, doesn't have to ruin my life. But do you find yourself, um, you, you mentioned your, you get stuck in analysis paralysis. Are you a planner like that where you want everything to be planned out and then go according, only according to the plan? Uh, or do you never get to the execution of the plan because you're always planning? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I'm not by nature a planner, I don't think. Um, I'm kind of more easygoing, just kind of go with the flow kind of thing. Um, but I think I've seen things change just as I've gotten older and especially as you know, just more responsibilities. Um, and seeing that, you know, how things turn out hinges on me and hinges on. Having a plan, you know, I, I've come to recognize the value of a plan. Um, so I say I'm not a planner for planner's sake, for planning's sake. Um, but to the degree that something, you know, is my responsibility and I want it to go well, it, I've become definitely much more of a planner than I used to be. So you mentioning uh, the analysis paralysis. What is it about analyzing things that that gets you stuck in the in the thinking about it rather than than the doing it? Um, for me, I think, so one, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a rational person and probably too much. And I think one of the things you, if, if you really look at all of, you might say your reasons for doing something, um, you'll, you'll quickly find out um, your evidence that the route you're wanting to take falls out somewhere, right? At some point, you know, if you follow the line of your line of reasoning as to why to do A versus B, your reasons give out at some point and then that bothers me. Right. I, I realize So in part, maybe the perfectionist part of me is wanting to find the absolutely certain best route to go. And so when I start analyzing it, I realize, well, there is no clear best route. And so that makes it difficult. Um, Do you feel like that's a result of maybe the, the philosophical, the, your philosophical background or the nature of, your your journey for for truth and what is right and what is wrong. Um, well, I mean, I, my guess is my temperament probably led me towards philosophy um, because of those concerns, those questions. Um, right? Want to understand? Want to understand? You know, what's the meaning of life? You know, what's a rational way to act? What's a reasonable way to live? And so on. Right? Thinking about and analyzing those questions. Um, so one of the things um, is that's helped me too is, you know, when I analyze the fact that reasons give out, that has helped me because I realize I'm looking for something that's not there as far as here's a definite answer to this question. And the reality is you go, you've got to go with the best information you have at the time. And now there's a, of course, a question of, well, do I spend more time to seek out more information, right? That may be something you need to do. Um, but the reality is a lot of things ultimately depend upon your best guess. Um, and so that's kind of, you might say, freed me up to some degree, not expecting that I should be able to find a definite winner. So you, you started off with one, one sort of philosophy on your philosophy <laughs> was, you know, I want to find what the right answer is and I want to analyze this to the point where I can find the right answer. But it sounds like, over the course of of using that approach, you realized that you ran into problems 
because you realized that some of the, how, how did you, what did, how did you uh, phrase it? You said some of the things fall out. Uh, some of the evidence here. Yeah. You're- some of the evidence falls out and that th- there's not always answers or there's not always a best answer or a it's, it's true. It's good. Or it's false. It's bad or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you evolved your thinking to, or you, you adapted your thinking, you adapted how you thought about things um, to require you to have less answers all of the time. Right. Yeah. So uh, my analysis has actually helped me with my analysis paralysis. Yeah. We operate the podcast on the value for value model. We're entirely listener supported. If you enjoy the podcast and find value in the information and entertainment you receive, visit our website at daliosprinciples.fireside.fm slash donate. You can also help us grow by promoting us on social media. So get out there and tell all of your friends about the podcast and help us spread the word. And now back to the show. So you actually sort of used the five-step process there. And I, I think that the this five step process is is not um, something that, and this is not a, not intended to be a slight to Dalio, but it's not it's not rocket science. It's not this uh, uncovering of some you know philosophical truth that we are all missing in life. It's it's uh, it's codifying or, or just putting it down into steps to say, you know, this is a general approach for how to how to continuously improve yourself and and you did it sort of naturally in in the minute in the moment of, of just your life is that you ran into a problem you analyzed it you redesigned how you were you diagnosed what was wrong with it you redesigned how you were looking at at those decisions and you went and then did and then you know so we this is just this is just sort of i think a natural a very natural feeling process to me right yeah and i think yeah that kind of made me think about how, you know, the, as far as, you know, Ray's here really kind of just codifying something that we already do, right? If you think about more like concrete scenarios and right, I'm a parent, maybe one of your things is you find yourself leaving the house late, right? With multiple kids, it's kind of hard to get them all together. Um, and so, right. One of your goals might be, and now not a goal, maybe in Dalio sense here, he does use goals kind of in a particular way here. Um, but just notice with our you know everyday use of goals, right? If you have a goal of I want to get out of the house on time with my kids, you know one of the things you will probably do is identify. Okay, well I didn't get out of the house on time today. Well, why not? And you know you might come up with a new plan of all right. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have all the coats by the door. You know maybe that's going to help everything instead of having to run. So at night, right before we all go to bed, we're going to go put our coats by the door, right? So here. You've identified a problem. Well, you've had a problem. You're getting you're late um, out the door. You then diagnose what the problem is. At least you're trying to do that. And you think, well, we had to go and chase coats down. Um, and so now you have design. Okay, at night, I'm going to put all the coats by the front door. We don't have to run f- around looking for them in the morning. And then you do the, the next time. And right, so the next morning, you can see, well, did we get out, out the door? Um, if you out of the door in time, if not, you can say, well, did we actually get the coats to the door the night before? Right. Um, if not, then 
maybe the design isn't the problem, but just your implementation, your doing of the design is the problem. So now the question might be, well, how do I change things so that we do actually get our coats by the door? Um, That's higher level thinking. Right. Yes. On your design. Yes. And, um, but let's say you did get the coats by the door the night before and you were still late. Well, that indicates that just having the coats by the door isn't your whole problem, right? You've got at least some other contributing factors that now you need to figure into your design. Um, but anyways, so that is just like a very natural process that we go through in just concrete scenarios, everyday scenarios. Um, and I think what Ray's helping us to do is recognize that process and say, Hey, apply it to your, let's say higher level goals, your bigger goals in life that maybe a lot of times it's easy because we don't get, you might say instant feedback on them, which is something he talks about. You know, if you've got a goal of, um, right, I want a new management position. You don't get instant feedback on that all the time. Um, so you don't know whether your design is working well. And it may be easy to just not even have a design for it, right? To have a process. Um, and so Ray's helping us see, hey, for these other goals that you have, go through this five-step process as well. You know, to go a little bit deeper on this, it just... um psychologically and philosophically, I, I wanted to relate a little bit of something that I was, was listening to some really smart people talk and I forget what context it was in. I'm pretty sure it was on a podcast that I listened to, but uh, they were you know, talking about talking about this from the perspective of uh, creating, well, it was, they were talking a little bit about artificial intelligence and then thinking about your, yourself, your brain, your mind and the and the the vignettes that we can create in our mind or the the thinking that we can do in our mind as as our own artificial intelligence um including like dreaming and whatnot but that we have the ability as humans to project ourselves we, we because we're self-aware we can we can see ourselves projected into situations and we can we can play those situations out in our mind um, because there are, there are a number of like through our evolution history, even today, there's a number of high risk, very high risk things that we might engage in that could be life threatening to us. But we have this ability to see ourselves as this avatar, almost like as if we were inside of a game, uh, and, and navigate ourselves through this, through these scenes that we create in our mind. Um, if I come across this situation and there's a bear, you know, I'm going to fight the bear. Oh no. In that situation, the bear tears me limb from limb. So I, I sort of have, I have this ability to learn, um, as a person, I can learn from these artificial situations that I put my avatar into and I can learn from that. And you can even apply the five step process, this learning process to these theoretical situations it's and it it you know the, the the people that were talking about this were sort of like equating this to artificial intelligence but that's i think that's something that's pretty unique um it's very interesting especially from the perspective of high risk behaviors what if i run into a bear or if i if my uh, if i jump out of an airplane you know what what are <laughs> i want to make sure i've got the parachute so i think through it uh, but there, you know, ways, ways to think through it and imagine running into problems 
imagining what went wrong, diagnosing it, redesigning it and trying it again uh, in, in a way that doesn't actually require us to physically do it every time. So we have this ability to think and to pretend and to play these situations out in our brain. Yeah. <clears throat> that actually reminds me of something I've heard more of like an, an organizational level as far as how you make decisions. Um, they say, you know, when you're assessing what, um, if you've got a problem that you're trying to solve, um, right, you've got some goal that you're trying to achieve and you know, you, you've currently got, you're thinking about various possible solutions. Uh, one of the, th- the things they say to do um, that can be really good for identifying, for improving your decision is to think about, okay, if in six months, this solution you're thinking about were to be implemented and it were to fail, what, um, what would be the likely causes, right? And so uh, I think they call it a pre-mortem um, where you're thinking about, okay, you know, if typically you have a post-mortem that after something happens, you assess what caused it to go wrong or go right. Um, but they said that by doing a pre-mortem, um, there's something about that process of thinking kind of into the future. Um, in part, you're kind of separating yourself from being the, making the decision and you're just, you're able to maybe think about it a little bit more clearly. Um, and so, yeah, you can just think about what, what are the likely causes? And they say this is actually one of the things that can best help you make decisions. Um, certainly is applied to organizations. And I would guess this is probably something you could apply to, you know, your personal goals, right? If this is something that turned, you know, actually fails, right? Let's say my goal is to um, implement it in six months. And if at that time it fails, what do you think the likely causes are? Um, and so maybe we'll talk about that more when we get to the design step in a later episode. In business and in industry, there's a lot of time and effort that's put into things like that. And it's identification of risks or risk management, right? It's thinking about, well, what are all the things that could go wrong with this approach in the six months that we're implementing implementing it? And, and how could we plan for those things? How could we mitigate those risks? Um, so it's, you know, more higher, more high level thinking about, about your problem, about your design, and additionally about the goal overall. Mm-hmm. So we just started to scratch the surface, Micah, on principle two, using the five-step process. And the mid-level steps that are part of principle two, the mid-level principles that are part of principle two, go into more detail on goals and, and, and uh, tolerating or not tolerating problems and all the rest that's part of the five-step process. And we're going to get into those uh, mid-level principles in future episodes. And there's, there's more beyond just the, the five steps of the process that are contained within principle two. So we'll, we'll cover all of those as well. And we'll see you back here next time on Dalio's Principles. Thanks, Micah. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. Let's keep the conversation going on our subreddit, Dalio's Principles at reddit.com. The subreddit is Dalio's Principles, all one word. Join us to interact with a community of like-minded individuals.